message I've got to speak on this morning is a message about peace. And I've, I've had such a battle <laughs> to, to bring this message that I couldn't even get it together in my head this morning. It was like, Bleh. have you ever done anything and you think, I just can't, can't even think straight? Um, just me? No, no, just good. But we're going to trust the Lord this morning because I know he wants to do something, not just say something. Whenever God wants to bring, bring a word to us, it's because he wants to bring this, what he is saying to pass. So whenever God speaks, it's actually like God saying, this is what I'm going to do right here, right now. And it's a word about God's, who is the God of peace and who gives peace to us. And you will be aware, and I'm not going to go into it for too long, that the enemy sends battles into your thought life. You can have heaven in your heart and hell in your head. Has anybody ever... You can have... You, can, you know you've got Christ in you, but in your mind, it's just awful. Uh, evil thoughts, thoughts of lust. Uh, some people really struggle with uh, just overcoming their thought life. But God has made huge provision for your mind to be at peace through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And our enemy is obviously on the prowl. He is using personal situations, relationships, work. Work can become such a pressure and such a stress, whether it's because of the environment where you work or because of financial stress and worry. Relationships can become very fractious, that if somebody is stressed, they're usually quite difficult to get on with. Has anybody ever noticed that? Well, let me tell you, you are usually very difficult to get on with if you're stressed. So let me put it down to you rather than everybody else. And stress destroys people's lives. It destroys family life. It destroys health. And the enemy constantly wants to put thoughts into your head that harm you. And it's very difficult to live a strong Christian life, a strong life of faith, when you're stressed and anxious. Anxiety weakens us and makes us wobbly on the inside. You might look fine on the outside, but the inner life is where stress really does its damage. Begins in your mind with a thought or things that are playing on your mind. How many of you have heard that um, comment? This is really playing on my mind. So it's like it's going round and round the problem or a person who you're concerned about or a situation. It's just... It just seems to be a never-ending thing happening in your head. 
But the thing about your thought life is that if the enemy can get your thinking, he can get your feelings, your emotions. Because what you think, you will feel. Your, your emotions will follow your thinking. And then he can get your decisions, which is why you never should make big decisions or any decisions when you're stressed. Because you won't, you won't be led to the right thing. And our world is under increasing pressure and stress. Whether it is your, your kind of world as a person, as a family, as a, in your work or in your health, that could just be stressing you out. Your kids, worried about your kids. But I mean, I must say, if I really think about what's going on in the world, I will fret and fretting isn't good. It does harm, Psalm 37 says. Don't fret, it only causes harm. And fret means you start to get all heated up about something. And if you had a window into my home when I'm reading the news, you could find me fretting. I can get all heated up with politicians. I'm the only one. <laughs> I can get so concerned about what's happening in decisions and choices and let alone what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine and the economic fallout from all of that. And it's so important that we take the words of Jesus and apply them to our own lives. So I've gone from being heated to peace in a few moments. I can do that. When I read the news, I can go up, but I can come back pretty quick because I won't let it continue. I won't let that thinking start to get infecting my whole being and then I just stress out. And I know some of you live in high-pressure situations. And I believe the words of Jesus are so relevant to today. But we're not talking about good mental health. That is part of it. But God hasn't provided just a new way of thinking. He's provided his own presence to live in a different power. So God doesn't speak of just psychology, your mind, to your mind to change the way you're thinking so that your soul improves. He is the power of peace himself. He is the spirit of peace. He is the God who gives peace to his people. And so it's a supernatural substance of God, peace. It is actually the presence of a person, not the absence of problems. The world wants an absence of problems for peace. But a Christian, it is possible to live in peace whilst going through problems and tough times. If you think of Jesus, he was asleep in the boat, wasn't he? When they were crossing the sea... And the disciples started to fear for their lives in the storm. 
and began to be anxious. The thinking started to hit the feeling and then fear gripped their hearts and they thought, we are going down. So the outward circumstances began to infect their whole behavior including their prayer life. Don't you care, we're perishing. That is a prayer prayed out of fear, not faith. And Jesus, got the, he was in peace, got up and rebuked the storm. You see, I believe peace-filled people are powerful people. Go on, say that. Peace-filled people are powerful people. Because Jesus could rebuke the storm because he had peace inside. And the disciples, they were in a storm and they couldn't rule. They could only be ruled by the circumstances. And God wants his people overcoming, not coming under. We're born to overcome our issues and problems and difficulties by faith in the living God rather than come under every condition or problem there is going. And so you can end the battle with your head today. And I believe that God wants you to do that. You can end the battle in your thought life by applying the words of Jesus and the word of God to your life. In Jeremiah, we're going to look at this word. Jeremiah 29, much loved word, but the New King James puts it like this. I know the thoughts I think. I love that, the thoughts I think. Many times we speak about the thoughts we're thinking, don't we? God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you. Thoughts of peace. Say thoughts of peace. peace. Right now, God's thinking thoughts of peace. I love that. The enemy, he wants to put thoughts of evil in your head. Bad things happening. Your life crashing. But God wants to put thoughts of peace. And unless we deal with the mind, our own minds, and take captive every thought to bring it under Christ, we will be, like Peter, sunk under the waves. We'll go down. And I saw this picture of a sinkhole suddenly appearing in London this week in the news. But this isn't that one, but I got this picture. Look at that. A sinkhole. That is where, for a long time, everything looked fine on the surface. But because of an erosion and a weakening underneath, there was a sudden collapse. Now, unless you and I deal with anxiety, it can go on and on and on, or stress. It can go on and on and on, and there can be a suddenly, your health collapses. Your marriage collapses. Your working life collapses. You can have a collapse where everything just crashes in. And God does not want you to go under. He wants you to be strong, not in your own power, but in his power. Because he's the God who gives his people peace. Now we're going to look at a couple of scriptures about peace. Romans 5, 
start here because this is the foundation of all peace. And it's a, I never get away from the life I receive from this word. Romans chapter 5. Ah, it's already up. Verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace, not will have. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, having been justified by faith. You see, you have peace with God only because you believe in Jesus, that he died for your sins and rose again from the dead. And you have received him as your Lord and Savior personally. You're not justified by faith because you grow up in a family who believe. You're not justified by faith because you're a, in a Christian environment or even in this church right here, right now. You are only justified just as if you'd never sinned. That's what that means. I love that. Just as if you'd never sinned by faith when you believe in Jesus Christ through the person and the work of Jesus. Now, this is called, James, what is it called? A sketcher. I, I know the etcher sketch, but this is a sketcher. Yes, I need ha a hand from anyone. James, could you just do a lot of crosses on that? So, before I receive Jesus, there's a lot of sin. I am a sinner, and there's a lot of sin in me. But when I'm justified through faith, what happens is, it's all gone. Just as if I'd never sinned. Now, does that mean I can't do anything wrong again? No. We're not expected to sin because we have power over sin. You're no longer a sinner. You're someone who has power, dominion over sin in Christ Jesus. However, if I do sin, there we are, just the one, please. And I'm... I know him. He'd love to get away with, come on, Pastor Judith, there's a whole lot more than that. If I do sin, what am I to do, James? Ask forgiveness, pray, seek God's face. Yes, ask him, confess my sin. If I confess my sin, God is faithful and just to forgive my sin and cleanse me from all right unrighteousness. So my fellowship with God is based on forgiveness. To be justified by faith, when I'm born again, I have peace with God, but I am to maintain that peace so that my relationship with him doesn't have issues in the way. That doesn't work. Okay. But what could happen is James could really wind me up like he is right now. And I could say, okay, he doesn't even know it, but I've got a problem with James. He doesn't know I'm looking really good. I'm smiling at him and I sometimes say, good morning, James. But inside I'm going, I remember what you did. And I don't like it. And I don't like you. And I'm standing here praying. Yes, thank you. I'm standing here praying. 
And I feel like something's wrong. I can fake it if you like, but I'm telling you it's wrong. I can try and meet with God, but if I'm holding anything against anyone, I won't be forgiven. In fact, not only will I not be forgiven, but I will have all back in my account. It's a pretty grim picture. So, we are justified by faith. I can't do that. (laughs) We have peace with God, but I maintain my peace by asking for my own sins to be forgiven and yours and anyone else's in the country or the world or where you work or who you live with. Because if I don't ask... I won't have peace with God. That's the foundation of our faith. And so we're to be a people who are forgiven by God because of our faith in Jesus, not because of what we do, but also we live in forgiveness. And James and I can love one another because whenever he does mess up, and whenever I mess up. Oh, I forgive you. Thank you, James. <laughs> but isn't it powerful to be justified by faith? To have peace with God through faith in Jesus and then to live in peace. Peace is essential to live in so you don't get a sinkhole. Your relationships are facing sinkholes if you don't forgive one another. And your spiritual life will face a sinkhole if you don't keep short accounts with God and deal with the things that you know are wrong, aren't going well. The other thing we need to look at this morning is that there is only peace when I'm in the will of God for my life. Psalm 16, let's have a look at this. Psalm 16, verse 6. This is an amazing word. One of of the translations actually talks about boundary lines. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Another translation says, I have a delightful inheritance. Now, every person in Christ has a rich inheritance. All that is of Jesus is yours. Everything that belongs to him has been given to you. That makes you extremely rich in every way. I have an amazing inheritance because I have him. And because I have him, I have all things in Christ. But it is within a boundary, which is called his will. When I'm outside his will, I don't have peace. Hello, anybody I'm teaching you this morning, you getting it? But in his will, I have peace. So for example, if somebody decided to exchange the old model of their wife for a new one, 
They could say, peace, peace, but I'm telling you, there is no peace. Because God has a boundary, and it's within the will of God for you. A relational boundary, which includes a church belonging to a local church, being a living stone set in the body, where you're to serve and to be faithful, to live out your life within the will of God for you at work. But if you go outside the boundary, you lose peace. You lose peace in your heart and also in your head. And the enemy, it makes you very vulnerable because the enemy can attack. When you're in the will of God, there's an authority in your life to resist the enemy. But when you're outside the will of God, you're not submitted to God any longer. And therefore, the enemy can start to actually damage things in you and around you. But he has no authority when I'm under Christ and I'm in the will of God. And how do we know the will of God? Through the word. You only know the boundary lines if you know the Bible. So peace is only found in the will of God, which is why scripture tells us to find out what pleases the Lord. Are you reading your Bible every day? What are you filling your thoughts with? Are they the thoughts of God or are they your own thoughts or other people's thoughts or the devil's thoughts? Are you filled with his word, the mind of Christ? You cannot live in the will of God without knowing the word of God. You can't guess it because he's given us his word. And whenever we know and don't do, we lose peace. But when we're in the will of God... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, one of the things that I do is when I lose peace, I check the sketcher thing. And I say, is there, is there something wrong, Lord? Have I done something wrong or am I not forgiving someone who's hurt me? Secondly, I go, am I in the will of God? Am I walking out the Christian life in what God wants for me? Relationally, serving God, being a witness, living holy and set apart from, for God. And then I can have confidence with God if I am. Because there's no confidence and no strength outside the boundaries that God has preset for us to live in. I love it even. He, he's predetermined the boundaries of our dwelling places. The reason you're here is because you should be. But so many people live a boundaryless life, and the world actually hates boundaries. I want to do my own thing. And God says, No, I've set a boundary, and it's for a blessing. Because the will of God always brings blessing. Doing your own thing doesn't. Praise God. That's peace within the will of God for you. Now, Jesus said, 
Look at this in John 14, 27. Lydia is quicker than me, so I'll read it off the screen. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. I love this. How Jesus says, it's a gift, my peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. There are two different things. But it's my gift to you. It's not earned or worked for. But our part is to not allow things to get us all worked up. So you control what you think about. No one else can control what you think about, only you. Even the most controlling people can't control people's minds. Because you've been, you're free in God to think as he thinks or think like the devil thinks. It's your choice. You either think good thoughts or you think bad thoughts. You either think outside the will of God and desire it, or you think the will of God is perfect, holy, it's what I want. Your thought life is down to you, not I can't do it for you. And the Holy Spirit won't do it for you either, which is why Paul says change the way you're thinking. Repent in your head. And start to fill your thoughts with the thoughts of God. Because if you do, then you will line yourself up for the peace of God to flood your life. And then the troubling things that affect your heart, your belief, fear can come in if you allow it. I love what some people say. Uh, you can't stop a thought landing on your head like a bird. You can't stop a bird landing on your head, but you can stop it making a nest. I love that. You can't, st you can't stop. There are sometimes just thoughts on that just come in, but I don't have to have them in my head. I can say, no thanks, and reset my thinking on what is right and holy and true. And so uh, any of you that have allowed the enemy to build a nest, it's time to unsettle him. Throw the nest out, throw the thoughts out, and get the thoughts of God, the thoughts of peace. And it only is, actually, that part is down to you and to me. But remember, it's not always the absence of problems. It's the presence of a person and his ability to keep you in peace. Now I'm going to finish with this wonderful scripture and then we're going to take communion. Philippians 4. <laughs> Philippians 4. Before I do, can I just just feel to say this. When you're stressed out, 
under pressure continually. I believe what happens is you, you actually, because of stress, start to realign yourself with what you're stressed about. And in doing that, you take your focus off Jesus and his ability and his will and his word. So you almost detach yourself from Jesus and you get so stressed. And then what happens is you start to lose your first love. Do you remember when God spoke to the church in Ephesus? They were a great church. They were dutiful. They were doing, sharing the word. There were so many pluses with the church at Ephesus. But God said, I've got one thing against you. You've lost your first love. The pressure of life has actually taken the place of loving Jesus first. And one of the enemy's attacks is actually to hinder your love life with the Lord. And so my question is, how is your love for Jesus? Are you just as passionate as you were at the beginning? Or have you lost it? And many times it's because a whole lot of pressure has come in. And I believe one of the gods of this age is actually materialism. Where people always want more. Where work almost becomes God because it's all you serve. And there have to be boundaries. Work is the will of God for all of us. So it is the will of God that's, that we work. But I believe that God has a set boundary for work so that work doesn't crash in on his space, nor does it crash in on your family space or your relational life or your... <sighs> you, you know, you have other responsibilities. People are more important than your work. God is far more important than your work. And when work crashes in, we have to reset a boundary and say, I know there's, a, there's someone here today who has a testimony uh, about setting a boundary with emails from work and the pressure that they don't just work nine to five, they work nine, they used to work nine, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, sleep, go back to work. Emails coming in, phone calls coming in. They're only paid nine to five. But I believe we've got to say, like the ocean, the Lord said to the ocean, this far, no further. This far, no further. There's a right boundary where actually God sets and gives wisdom for that we live within that boundary so that we can have healthy relationships primarily with the Lord, that our hearts are tender, that we love praying. Have you lost your love of prayer? Time alone with God, you've actually lost your first love. And God says, repent, go back to what you used to do. Don't let everything pressure you and make the excuse that you're too busy to give time. 
to the most important person in your life, Jesus. Or too busy to give time to your wife, your husband, your friends, your kids. Too busy, too busy, too busy, too busy. And, you know, you have it on your gravestone, too busy. And you go to glory and you say, too busy. Well, you know my work life, Lord. And he said, but you didn't do what I asked you to do. You missed it. Because actually, you were doing what the pressures dictated you to do. And don't we need to learn to say no? How many of you have found it quite difficult to say no? When actually there are boundaries. There's a right giving and there's a wrong giving. So we, we really need to live in peace in the wisdom of God and maintain our love relationship with the Lord. Philippines 4, I'm getting there and then we're going to finish. I love this, be anxious for nothing. Just turn to somebody around you, near you and say, this is for you. <laughs> This is for me. It's for me. Be anxious for a little bit because it's well worth worrying about. What did worry ever do for you? It won't help you worrying, going round and round in your head. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, praiseworthy, think or meditate on these things. Think. These good thoughts, think thoughts of peace, think the promises of God, think I'm in Christ Jesus, loved, chosen, blessed, I have favour with God, think good thoughts. You decide. But this is the encouragement of scripture. What are you spending your time thinking about? So this begins with don't be anxious, but in everything. I love it that God has a, a, a route for us to come out of anxiety or anxious situations that are really going on. You know, I have, we have friends that uh, at the moment are going through a hard time. And uh, parents whose daughter has been diagnosed with cancer. And what's come back, they initially said it was fine, but it's come back different. And so they've been hit into very anxious times. And of course, you know what the enemy does? What does he put in the head? The worst case scenario. How many of you have heard the worst case scenario before? That's what the enemy does. He puts the worst, a picture of the worst case scenario in your head. And so these words are so important. They're a challenge but they're very important to not be anxious about everything, anything, but in everything, pray. Pray. That means ask God to provide 
both the thinking, the good thoughts, but also pray with faith that God will intervene and change what you're anxious about. Pray change into it. Don't pray the problem because you'll go round and round in circles. Pray the answer. Get a promise and pray the answer. The will of God as it is in heaven, think of that. That's a good thought. Think God's thoughts of peace. The will of God in heaven. Right, I'm going to start to think. What does heaven look like? What do I know when I look at the life of Jesus? What is God's will? He went around doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Right, okay, so now I've got your thoughts. Lord, I pray that for this situation. Prayerlessness means you will lack. Because the Bible says if you don't ask, you don't get. So if you don't pray, you will lack. Uh, And it's not God's will for you to lack. So prayerlessness is very costly. It costs you not to pray. Because you will do without stuff. And I know that you know you want uh, God's blessing and God's provision in your life. Well, then you better get praying, guys. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Your heavenly Father already knows what you need. Ask, ask, ask. Don't talk about it all the time and worry about it and have it going round and round in your head. Pray. As soon as it comes in, pray. And say, Lord, as it is in heaven, give me a promise. I just want to pray the solution right into this. And then after that, yes, amen. Isn't it wonderful to be praying, people? After that, you start to thank him with thanksgiving. Don't leave it in just asking. Add thanks. Why? Well, first of all, it does you good in the worst of times. Having prayed, not seeing change, it keeps you connected to life, to Jesus, to the source of life. When I give thanks to him, I'm actually connected to him and I'm receiving from him. You understand that, don't you? The other day, I was really struggling with something. And as I was praying, I was like, oh, Lord, this is really, I feel like this is hard. Right, I'm going to give thanks. So I started to give thanks. Oh, I became as free as a bird, as light as a feather. Thanksgiving just brings about such a spirit of faith. But also, when Jesus said, taught about prayer, he said, when you pray, believe you receive it, and you'll have it. When you pray, believe you receive it and you'll have it. So if you have it, isn't it actually polite to thank? So don't be rude. Let's start a wave of thanksgiving. 
Fill our homes with thanksgiving. Fill our dinner tables with a prayer of thanksgiving. Fill our relationships with thanking God. Fill our lives with children praying, thanking Jesus for his goodness in their lives. Come on, let's fill every moment with thanksgiving and praise. In the prison, Paul and Silas gave thanks. They gave thanks. And do you know what happened? Power of heaven came to earth and got them out. And it resulted in salvation for others. Thanksgiving is powerful. Complaining is too. It will keep you in a wilderness. It will keep you in a desert. It will keep you without anything. And actually God actually dislikes. It's a bit of a stink up his nostrils. Complaint is not good. He hates that smell, but he loves the incense of prayer. When it comes up before him, he goes, right, guys, I'm sending angels in. My power is going to work in that situation. Keep thankful. Change everything with prayer and thanksgiving. In the A&E, if that's where you work, in a situation where you feel there are pressures on every side, be anxious for nothing in that moment. Pray and thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus, you give me the grace. Thank you, Jesus, you answer me. Right, I better get on. In everything, that means work. It means driving. It means everything. Everything actually means everything. Night, day, all times, all seasons, pray. Prayerlessness is costly. You will go without. In everything, pray. And then with thanksgiving, and look at this, the result is, and the peace of God. I love this. Once you've done that, there is a supply of God's peace. And this term is a, will guard your hearts. It's a military term. It means like there's a military uh, guard standing around your head and your heart. And I was thinking this this morning, driving in. You know those deep sea divers' suits? The pressure down there nobody can live in. But when they've got that suit on, no problem. When you pray with thanksgiving, you'll get the suit on. He will become your peace and God. And you will be able to stand all kinds of pressures until you come out of that situation. You'll live in peace. Until you come back up, you'll be in it, but different in it. Not collapsing and not breaking under the pressure. What a wonderful God we have who has given us peace through faith in Jesus. Who doesn't want our hearts to be troubled by anything in this time. Your future, he's got a plan for it. We have a hope. And a future, all of us. We've got a destiny. He's given us promises. Not one of us aren't included in Christ. They're all yours. 
You're, no, you're, you're just blessed. You've got a delightful inheritance. I mean, when my dad died, I wish it was more. But when Jesus died, I'll never get to the end of it. Thought that might get you. But my God, he owns the cattle on the thousand hills. He's my father. If I'm running out, he'll run in. If I pray. He's the God who can resource my future. If you're wondering where your money's coming from, let me tell you. Look to the Lord. He's our God. He will provide all that we need according to his riches in glory. Give thanks. And then finally, your mind, whatever is true. Don't finish it just with thanksgiving. Change the way you think about what's happening. Whatever is true, lovely, good report. A good report is a faith report. God's report, God's mind on something. I was thinking this morning, I have a playlist, a worship playlist, a couple of them actually, of my favorite worship things. So whenever I'm wanting to listen to worship and praise the Lord, uh, I put it on and I can skip the tracks, it's lovely. If I think, oh no, I really want to listen to that one, to skip it. But you know, when are we gonna say no to the enemy to stop his playlist in our heads? We've got to change the playlist and reset the way we think. If the enemy has been filling your thoughts with rubbish, with all kinds of thoughts that are just not from God, or filling your thoughts of hopelessness, despair, I just can't cope and I won't be able to cope, just hearing that for somebody here this morning, I, I don't think I'll, I'm going to be able to cope with the future. God is with you. He'll give you peace here, now. And if you pray with thanksgiving and fill your thoughts with his thoughts, which are thoughts of good, not evil, then you will be cared for. You'll be cared for. You can live in peace. We were talking as uh, we uh, had a leaders, um, national leaders meeting a few weeks ago. We were talking about peace at that, actually, because leaders, whatever you lead, whether it's a family, children, as a mum or a dad, or your own life, let alone, you know, church, or, you know, whatever you're leading, it's, it can be quite stressy if you let it. People can stress me. Oh, they've gone cold. Where are they? They weren't there. Uh, they didn't look good this morning. In fact, that marriage looks like it needs some help. Oh, Lord, I'm really concerned. I can get concerned. Oh, they've lost their love for the Lord. They're not praying. They don't want to be, you know. I, ca I carry these things in my heart. I carry you, not things. Things are easier <laughs> than you. <laughs> but our God He's the one, really, because he picks me up. He can pick anyone up, and my faith's in him and has to stay there 
and not in me or you. It's trusting him, isn't it? Trusting him in all things. And we were talking, and uh, a friend of ours many, a few years ago had an awful experience where he had a stroke at the back of his brain. Some of you might even know him. Four strokes. And he had something called locked-in syndrome, where his whole body shut down. He couldn't speak. The only thing he could do was blink with one eye. He's a pastor, minister, and they saved his life, but they didn't even know whether he was uh, alive. They thought he might have been brain dead. And uh, apparently, they just saw him blink, which meant that they could communi- he could communicate with using the alphabet, blinking. But he, um, it's so funny, Pastor Clive went to see him, and... Uh, He'd begun to use uh, the alphabet and the communication. And basically, the first thing he said, communicated to Pastor Clive, was, who won the Grand Prix? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And he says, he's, he's, he's got his speech back, he's starting to walk. They never thought he would. But the first thing he heard from God is, everything will be all right. And he said, I just came to peace. Do you? Staggering. The thoughts of God on a situation. Staggering peace. And therefore, whatever you're going through, God has staggering peace for you. A peace that passes understanding. A peace that always communicates a hope and a future and never disaster. A God of good news, not bad. A God of power, not weakness. And a God who loves us, who cares for us, and will answer us when we call. How blessed are we? Praise God. What a God. And God wants you to be such a person. So filled with peace that you can bring in the reign of God into other people's lives. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Tell somebody next to you, I really want to be a peace-filled person. So, beloved, let not your heart be troubled. Trust. Let's just come to Jesus. As if he's speaking to you personally. See yourself standing before the king, the one who has conquered, so that you can live a life in all its fullness. The one who has given you a rich inheritance. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust me. Rely on me. Don't have an anxious mind full of stressy thoughts. 
I've got thoughts towards you of peace to give you a hope and a future. Beloved, pray. Pray and ask me. I'm a good father who gives good gifts to his children. Don't let the anxieties of this age infect your mind and hearts. The Lord says, I need you in this time to be a son of peace who is filled with my peace. Not living like a troubled sea on the inside, but a life of joy and peace through the enabling power of my presence, my spirit, and my word. I am the God of peace who crushes Satan under your feet. I'm the God who has won every victory you will ever need. I am the God who is able to do far more than you could ask or think. But start thinking, start imagining of what I can do. Beloved, set boundaries according to my will. Don't live outside of my plan and will for your life. It will only cause harm. I have loved you with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, I have drawn you. I shed my blood for you. And I have given you a new covenant. My peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him. Just thank him this morning. We give thanks to you. We give thanks to you. We give thanks to you, Lord. You are good. Your love endures forever. Praise your name. Lift up your hands in his presence. Just respond to the Lord now and give thanks. Glory and honor and praise belong to you. You're the God of peace. You give me peace. You strengthen my life with your peace. Lord, help me to be ruthless with anxiety in my life. Help me, Lord, to root out all those anxious pressures that go on on the inside. And change the playlist of bad things to good things, Lord. Thank you for the power and the privilege of prayer, Heavenly Father. Thank you that you hear every child's prayer, every child of God. And you hear an answer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be a man or woman of prayer. Don't give up on the secret place, the first love. Don't let the pressures of this world damage your relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Just present anything you know that you're struggling with at the moment to him and ask him. As it is in heaven, let it be. Just pray now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.